Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Why do you hunt? What makes the soul of a hunter? What are the inner workings of this stuff that pushes and drives and compels us to do what we do? And more importantly, how can understanding more about this enable you to live a richer, fuller life and have more success and more joy in the woods on today's episode? Hey, and welcome to another episode of The New Hunter's Guide. The podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're going to talk about the soul of a hunter. We're going we're gonna to dig into some things here that I think no matter who you are and where you are in your hunting journey, however long you've been doing this or thinking about doing it, especially those who are thinking about doing it, this is going to help you. This is going to do something to you. This is going to stir something on the inside of you, and I'm excited. This is our 100th episode of the official episodes. And I just thought, you know what, there is no better topic, there's no better way to to commemorate a hundred episodes of this podcast than doing that. And I just want to give a shout out. You know, you guys are listening, I don't know if you know how big this podcast is, and I don't know what really counts as big, but we have reached all 50 states of the United States of America. We're at, at this point, close to 25,000 downloads. We've reached every U.S. state. We've reached 39 countries. I mean, we got thousands of downloads in California, thousands of downloads in Pennsylvania, Texas, Ohio, Georgia. We've got literally people downloading this show in every single state from Alaska to Hawaii to New York, Maine, you name it. We got U.S. territories I mean, this thing has gone all over the world in 100 episodes. I mean, we got thousands of downloads outside the U.S. Give a shout out to Canada. Give a shout out to 
to the hundreds of people downloading in Australia, the hundreds of people downloading in Europe, people downloading in New Zealand, Belgium, the UK, Korea, Italy, Hungary, Brazil, the Netherlands, Germany, Norway, Spain, Mexico, Israel. You can't even hunt in Israel. There is not one legal hunting season in the entire country. There is not one animal that the average person can ever go outside and hunt in the entire country. I know because I was there and I looked into it because I was so curious. But people are still downloading this podcast in Israel. They're downloaded it in Japan, in Argentina, in Qatar, in Jamaica, in Aruba, in Costa Rica, from Ireland, for, or excuse me, from Ireland to Zimbabwe to France, the Philippines, Czech Republic, Poland, and more. People are tuning into the New Hunter's Guide. So I just want to give a shout out to all of you guys. Appreciate your your listening. Appreciate the notes and the encouragements, the reviews, the emails that you send, the Facebook comments. Um, in the last hundred episodes, this thing has gone, you know, just to amazing heights. From from an idea that was just sparked one day at a conference that I was at, going, you know what? People need to know. People need they they need this. There's just a vacuum for it because I I looked for this podcast. Um, at the beginning, I wanted to find this podcast and I found lots of hunting podcasts and some of them are really good stuff, but none of them was this podcast. None of them was the information, the, the way that we approach things, the, the, the focus topic by topic, item by item, season by season. How do you do it? How do you get started? How do you get into it? How do you get better? How do you excel? How do you up your game? Um, you know, it just wasn't out there. Maybe it's out there now. Maybe someone else is doing it. But when I started this, I started it because literally it was just a void. No one was doing what, what we're doing here. And you guys are part of it. And I appreciate every single person who's listened, who's been a part, who's shared, uh, who has subscribed. And, you know, from all around the U.S. and all around the world, um, this thing has just been amazing. And, of course, I'm recording this episode a little bit in advance because I've got, you know, i got a calendar now. And at first, I'm just shooting from the hip. Right now, i got a calendar. Now I look to see, okay, what hunting seasons are coming up and how many episodes should we do for turkey and how many should we do for deer and how many should we do for pheasant hunting and how many should we do for dove and crow and duck and you know one thing after another so um, always looking at it always thinking about it so we're recording this in advance and right now while I'm recording this we're in the middle of the coronavirus crisis in the United States and the entire world doesn't matter what country you're listening into you guys have been dealing with this and I'm hoping by the time this airs a few weeks from now this thing will be resolved and or or at least uh, improving but, uh, you know, so far, it's really pulled me and, and drawn me to something. You know, everything that's going on in society, everything that's been closed down, that has been shut down, that's been on hold, suspended, whatever it is, has really, you know, focused me towards the woods, towards the trees, toward the grass, toward the mud, towards being outside. I thought, you know what? They can close everything, but they can't close outside. Naked say, stay home, 
They could say, stay in your houses. But even when they gave the stay in your house orders, you could still go outside to exercise. You could still go hiking. You could still go out by yourself into the woods. You could still get dirty. And as of yet, they hadn't canceled any hunting seasons in Pennsylvania. Although I know in some states they have restricted uh, out-of-state hunting. And they've done some other things. And, and hopefully by the time this airs, it won't be worse than it is now. But regardless... It's been, you know, forcing me to look out and to look in. And I wanted to talk to you guys today about the soul of a hunter. Uh, just recently, I read a book um, titled Wild at Heart. I think John Eldritch is the author. It was a great book. Apparently, it, it had come and gone, you know, 10, 20 years ago as a big deal. I didn't know about it till it was recommended to me recently. Um... But it was a good book. Interestingly enough, the, the book gave me words to put to things that I had already learned and experienced. Um, it wasn't that I that the book opened this new world to me that I had never never thought of or never looked at. I, that, that whole world opening to me was the genesis of this whole thing, of this podcast, of this hunting adventure. But the book helped me to put some words to some things. And I'd recommend it. I think it's a fantastic book. Uh, and the author basically lays out um, the, the whole point of the book pretty much on these three premises. That every man needs three things uh, for his heart to be complete. And I'm not saying, you know, this is a doctrine. I'm not saying you need to build your life on this. I'm just telling you what the author said. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in a different direction here. But he lays out that every man needs three things for his heart. For on the inside, for the soul of a man to be complete. He says he needs a battle to fight an adventure to live, and a beauty to win. He says every man needs a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to win. He needs something to fight for. He needs something to wake up every morning to, to, to put his strength towards, the, to, to put his mind towards, to put his might towards, to stand for. And that can be, you know, thousands of different different things. That can you know, that, that that doesn't have to be occupational. That doesn't have to be... There's so many ways that can be fulfilled. And then he needs an adventure to live. He needs an adventure to live. Something in his life. There has to be an adventure. And for a lot of people, that adventure is hunting. It's a lifestyle of hunting. It's a culture of hunting. It's the hobby behind hunting. For a lot of people, it's just hiking. It's getting out there. For a lot of people, it's getting into a kayak and, and going down a, a whitewater river. For a lot of people, maybe it's fishing. For a lot of people, maybe it's golf. You're like, well, golf's not really an adventure. You know what? You can make golf an adventure. You can really focus on it. You can, you can travel uh, the state. You can travel the country looking for the coolest places, looking for... The, the, the nicest courses you to just you know be something that pulls you pulls you along you know there's so many things it could be obviously if you're listening to this this podcast hunting is probably a part of it and then he talks about every man needs a beauty to win needs he needs someone else to, that he can that he can focus his strength and he can focus 
um, his ability and he can he can put his mind towards winning not just obtaining but but the constant process of of contending for and and fighting for and uh, you know the the affection of another and you know it's it's a great book uh, better than great really but it really helped me to see some things. You know, when I first started hunting years ago, before I'd ever heard of any such things, I was sitting in an office. I was at my desk in the office. It was springtime. Sun was shining through the window. And I'm in the office staring at four gray walls. And something just rose up on the inside of me. And I said, you know what? I need to go outside more. And just as quickly, I, I thought, you know what? I need a reason to go outside. Because I could just get up and walk outside and then I'd be outside. But I, I needed to be outside more as, a, as a, just a part of my life. And I needed a reason. I needed an activity, a hobby, a pursuit, something to pull me outside. I just, at that point in my life, I, my life was basically three things. It was work. It was family and it was ministry. And that was pretty much it. There was, there were no hobbies. There were no other activities. There was, I mean, there was very little else going on. That was it. And it was good. I was not an unhappy person, but there was something missing on the inside. There was something that just, it just wasn't being fulfilled. And I just knew I had to get outside and I just... Ever since I was a kid, ever since I was little, I wanted to hunt. I don't know why. Ever since I was old enough to know what it was, I wanted to hunt. But I had no opportunity as a child. No one in my family hunted. No one close to me hunted. Some of my friends in school hunted, but I never had an opportunity, never had an invitation, never had an open door, never even had a door I could push myself through to, to be able to, to get into it. And just, just couldn't do it. It was just seemed like something that just wasn't meant to be for my life. And, you know, I grew up. I went to school. I went to college. I got my graduate degree. I went to work. I'm sitting in an office. I got married. I'm sitting in an office. And I just knew I need to go outside. I mean, it just, this all, I mean, this all happened within just, it, it was, it was a moment. All this came together as I'm sitting there in the office. I just needed to be outside. And I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to hunt. It's something I've always wanted to do. There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. And looking back on it, I know now it was God drawing me and, 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 and pulling me down that path and then drawing me down that, that direction and, and helping me find some things and reach some things that I, I didn't even know what it was that I needed, but he was helping me out. And I remember sitting there going, okay, there's got to be a way. And I, I didn't do something with that immediately. I didn't just run out and try a bunch of stuff, but the ball started to turn. The wheels started to turn. I started thinking about it. I started looking into it. I started doing some research and eventually I was like, okay, we, we, what do we have to do to actually make this happen? We got to get a license. How do you get a license? 
Well, you got to do a hunter safety course. All right. So where do you do a hunter safety course? You figure that out. Okay, where are the places that offer it? So I figured that out. I finally found a place. Uh, finally worked up. The, there's a longer story here, but we don't need it for, for the point of today's episode. Finally got up the nerve to, to sign up. Went out. Sat in a room full of 11 and 12 year olds. Took my hunter safety course. Passed the test. Of course, everybody passed the test. I mean, it's a room full of 11 year olds. Passed the test. Got out. Went and bought my first hunting license and got an orange hat. Because I knew from the hunter safety course, okay, you can hunt woodchucks with just an orange hat. You didn't anything else. So five bucks or whatever it was, I got me an orange hat. I'm a hunter. Right? I'm ready to go. Uh, um, I'm in the game. And I remember, you know, that just began a journey for me. And I, as I sat there, I thought, you know, when I was in my office that day, I was like, okay, how hard can this be? Right? How impossible could it be? How difficult could this journey be? Right? I mean, I had accomplished some things in my life up until that point. I, I had some degrees. I had some, some certificates. I had some writing on the wall. I had a, all kind of things. I thought, you know, surely if the average child can do this, I can do it. Right? Well, I was almost wrong. I was almost wrong. In fact, if I had known how hard it was going to be to get started and break into hunting as an adult with no network, with no support, with nothing, with no gear, don't even know what gear you should get, I would have never done it. If I would have known how hard it was going to be, I would have never done it. But thankfully, I didn't know. And so thankfully, I just took it one step at a time. And there's a lot to this. I've done episodes on my story before. You can go back and look at those. You don't need all the details for right now and the point we're getting to. But I I started down that path. And, I mean, I had nothing. I, I had nothing. I mean, I remember my first hunt. I even did an episode on the worst rifle ever for deer hunting. That was my first rifle. I had made the worst choice you could ever make. But I'm I'm hiking up the... Hiking up a hill, wearing tennis shoes, because I didn't have boots. I didn't even own a pair of boots. Hunting boots? Hiking boots? I had tennis shoes. I had basketball shoes, probably. Basketball shoes or running shoes. I'm wearing, I'm, I'm hiking up this hill with this 12-pound rifle that's 56 or something inches long. And I'm hiking up this hill. And I mean, I'm wearing a orange coat I bought at Walmart with my orange hat that I bought. I have no backpack. I have no knife. I have not. I don't. I wouldn't even know what to put in a backpack. I had some granola bars and a water bottle in my pocket, and that's all I got. What am I gonna do if I shoot a deer? I don't know. I have no idea what the plan is. Where are you gonna take the deer? I don't know. I'm just climbing up a hill, and you know what? Having the time of my life doing it. So, needless to say, I was not successful immediately, which is why this podcast exists. Because I had to learn the hard way. I, I, I read book after book after book after book. I'm not exaggerating. Book after book after book. I watched video after video. YouTube after YouTube. I read articles. I talked to people. I tried contacting the authors of some of these books. And talked with them. And built relationships. And found some family on my wife's side. That, that had, had hunted. And, and connected with them. And got some help from them. And... Just little by little, just fought my way into it. But what's important 
was not was not taking game. What's important was not succeeding. What's important is the things that I found along the way. I found something sitting uh, against an oak tree at 5.45 in the morning as sun started to shine through a light fog and, and rays of sun just filled the, the forest going through the tree limbs and, and reaching the ground, just pillars of light and, and haze and mist as birds started to, to chirp and the woods started to wake up hoping that a turkey would gobble at any moment. I found something in the woods that day. Something I didn't know that I was missing. Something I didn't know I was looking for. Something on the inside. Something in my heart I, I found. I found something sitting in a tree stand. Just waiting, listening. Every squirrel cracking a twig just draw my full attention. I, I found something looking for whitetails to, to walk by. Looking as the, as the woods woke up in the morning. I found something hiking through tall brush looking for pheasants just covering mile after mile. I found something hiking uh, uh, the tallest ridge in the county just mile after mile hiking the ridge tops just covering ground looking, listening, trying to find turkeys with a shotgun strapped across my shoulder. I found something in the woods hunting that I didn't know I was looking for until after I got it, I realized it was there. And what I was finding was pieces of my heart. I was finding pieces of my soul, pieces of the inside, things that, that, that had been missing, things that had, had been empty, all of a sudden were, were coming into place. All of a sudden there was a, a fullness there, a fulfillment there. There was, there was something about this adventure Something about the unknown, something about dirt and twigs, twigs and branches and leaves and something about deer tracks in the hillside, something about finding a turkey footprint and a feather, something about it, something about hearing a pheasant cackle in the distance. It was just, it, it ministered something to the inside of me and Little by little, didn't all happen in a day or a week or a month, but over the course of a, of a period of time, of a process, there came just, I don't know another way to call it, but this fullness, this wholeness, this satisfaction on the inside. And it, it wasn't hunting per se. It wasn't the killing of animals. It was... It was the adventure of going out, of not knowing what was going to happen, of, of testing your skill, testing your might, testing your mind against animals that, that technically have, you know, uh, just uh, pale in comparison to the intelligence that we do, yet are so wary and so crafty and on their own turf can be almost impossible to see. I mean, trying to hunt bobcats in the middle of winter You've never even seen a bobcat in real life. But there we are in the woods, just by faith, believing they're out there. Knowing that they're out there. And just trying to, to, to match wits. And 
You know, there's something about just just walking through snow at midnight, just you know, trying to call coyotes and and uh, you know, it just I don't I can't I can't put it all in the words, and I don't think I need to. I think you're, you'd follow me well enough here that something about this adventure was doing something for me that I didn't realize I needed done. It was doing something on the inside of me that I didn't realize I needed done. There was something about the adventure of hunting. I mean, I've come to the point now where, I mean, obviously if you're a listener, you would know this, but I've come to the point now where every day of the year, I can I can do something, I can think about something, I can get ready for something for hunting. I could hunt something every day of the year, and I could prepare for a, a preferred upcoming season every day of the year. I mean, I was just out this year or this morning. I was I was checking some things in the woods. I was scouting about. I was I was overseeding some clover. I was doing some things. Me and my son went out. He's, you know, four years old and we're just rocking through the woods looking for antler sheds. Well, he's looking for everything. I'm, you know, focusing them in, trying to look for antler sheds. And we're just, just walking around, having a good time, looking for deer footprints, looking for turkey sign, looking, checking trail cams. I mean, it's more than hunting. It's more than just the day spent hunting. It's, it's the whole summers that I, you know, every a day, every week or two, I'm in the woods working on something. I'm, I'm doing habitat improvements for deer season. I'm setting up a, a tree stand or a blind. I'm at the range, sighting in a crossbow or my rifle. I'm practicing. I'm hiking. I'm exploring new places. Not even hunting half of the time. But there's something, it's just, it, it's, it's the pursuit that draws you out into the woods, that draws you out there, that gets you into the field. That's what it is. Um, you know, I'm reminded back of uh, the Gander Mountain tagline. And I just absolutely loved it. You know, they're gone now, they closed Gander Outdoors bought them out and tried to reopen them and they're in flux right now. But back when it was Gander Mountain, their tagline was, we live outdoors. Gander Mountain, we live outdoors. And every time I would read it, I would think, "Mm, there is just something about outside, something about being out there. And of course, when they changed the names, the Gander Outdoors, you can't have outdoors in the name and the tagline, so they had to come up with something else. But it was, it just spoke to me. You know, it was some of the best marketing ever put together. Wish they would have, wish they would have been able to hold it together as a company. But there's something about the adventure, about just muddy boots about hiking over hills, about what's on the other side of this ridge, what's on the other side of this hill, what's inside that brush over there, what's, you know, what's over in that valley, what'll walk by if I sit here for an hour, what might happen, what might I see, and I remember the, the first time, you know, the first deer I ever shot, you know, the experience of that, just the adrenaline rush, just the, the, the surge of accomplishment 
just the, 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 the feeling like, you know, I have really done this thing. I have re- I have finally pulled it off. And, you know, going through the process of, of removing the entrails and field dressing it and, and the mess that it was. Just, you know, like, just like this is the real thing. This is, I mean, I wouldn't say it was a pleasant experience, but there was something grounding about it. There was something that did something for you on the inside when you were done saying, this is the real thing. This is really happening. Um, and you know what? It's time after time after time. It just, it, it just builds something on the inside of you. I mean, I enjoy everything about hunting. I enjoy preparing. I enjoy working in the woods, trying to, to improve the properties I'm able to hunt on. I enjoy just hiking and scouting public land. I enjoy just going out crow hunting as an excuse to, to be looking for turkey sign or deer sign. Just a reason to get into the woods and go places I might not normally get to go to see if I can discover something. I enjoy the gear. I do. I would just sit on my couch and pull up my phone and go to any number of different websites just to look at different gear, just to look at different coats, just to look at different pants. Don't even necessarily want them. Just enjoy reading about the next newest, warmest, whatever insulation and and who knows what. Just you know, reading about different ammos, reading about different rifles that they're, they're making for hunting. And, you know, how's, how would that be better? And what's the improvement and what are they thinking about? And, you know, I just enjoy the whole thing from, from front to back. I, I, I enjoy just sitting around thinking about hunting, not even kidding, just thinking about it. Okay. What might I do here? And what would, what's next on my plan? And when do I want to go scouting? And, you know, when should I get out of the woods and let the woods settle down before the season starts? And just pondering it in my head, I just enjoy the whole thing. It does something for me. Now, at the same time, I've got to be careful not to overdo it, not to let that become my focus, because there are more important things in life. I got to be careful not to not to let that have too much place, not to give it too much time, not to give it too much focus. I got to be careful with that because it could just take over. It could just become more important than your family, more important than your job, more important than God. You know, you, you could do that. You know, you, you, you could take a hobby that God brought you and you could, you could let it get out of hand and have it become a problem for you. You know, we, we got to have some discipline. We've got to have some, some restraint. We got to, we got to put first things first. We got to render honor to whom honors do. Otherwise, otherwise, you hear me here. Otherwise you will actually have less enjoyment doing it because as you sacrifice the more important things of life, you will start opening up other holes on the inside of you as you indulge in this pursuit. And that can be true for anything. That can be true for golf. That can be true for shopping. You can overdo it in a good thing and then neglect other things that are just as good or more important and then start opening up holes on the inside of you. Holes of unfulfillment. Holes of, of 
things that just erode and, and atrophy in your life and in your heart and cause yourself bigger problems. So there's got to be a balance. There's got to be... There's got to be perspective. There's got to be context. You got to have be able to put first things first. That's part of the journey. That's part of part of 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 growing, of maturing. It's part of the soul of a hunter. You know, there there's something about carrying a rifle through the woods that you have you have never walked through before. Just breaking new trail, coming up over a hill. You know, what's on the other side? Listening. Trying to be as quiet as you can. There's there's something going on there. And it's this adventure. You know, I, I was later drawn to this detail. In the book of Genesis, it says, God made man out of the dust of the earth and put him in the garden. God made man out of the dust of the earth and put him in the garden. So man was made outside of the garden. He was made in places that were wild, that were not tame. He was made in the ruggedness and the wildness of the earth. And then God brought him and put him into the garden. And it's interesting, you know, the woman then came out of man. But she only knew the garden. She was, she was formed in the garden. And it's interesting, it seems, you know, even to this day, man still longs for the wild places, still longs for things that are outside, still longs for, for you know, uncharted things, for things that are not tamed. There's something on the inside of us that longs for that. It just pulls for that and there there's... There's a craving for wild things, for adventure, for the unknown, for the uncertain. But our culture, our society pushes us and, and directs us and, and tries to, 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 to craft our lives and our habits and everything we do so that everything is, is certain. Everything is safe. Everything is a known quantity. Everything is predictable. And there's no room for that adventure. If things are safe and predictable and known, there can be no adventure there. It's just the way that it is. There, there, there can't be adventure if you already know what's going to happen. It's not an adventure. You're just checking off the boxes. Maybe it's enjoyable, but it's not adventure. There's got to be an element of unknown. There's got to be an element of uncertainty. There's got to be an element of unpredictability. There's got to be, you know, a little bit of danger involved to have that adventure. There's got to be. Otherwise, and what happens is we go through our lives in just the stable, predictable, you know, ho-hum sort of society. And part of us just dies on the inside. It just dies on the inside and we don't know that it's happening it's a slow and just atrophies and dies on the inside and all we know is we've got an emptiness something's missing we we just don't have fulfillment we don't have drive we don't have that fire now a lot of people say 
you know, will you find that in God? And that's true, especially at first. There, there, and there's an element of that that can be true always. But there's more. It's more than that. There's a lot of people in churches that are devoted, committed, faithful, all in, and they're still atrophying on the inside, living in this stable, predictable, known quantity, everything safe and and planned out kind of life. So it, it's it's not that it's, there's there's more to it than that. There's, there's an adventure to live that every one of us needs. And like I said, that can be found in different ways. But if you're listening to this right now, hunting is probably part of it for you. It's probably part of it for you. But if we never embrace that, if we never step into the adventure, we just, we die on the inside. You know, society pushes us to to become docile, to become tame, to become predictable. It just... And you know what? That's not something men were ever meant to be. It's not something we were ever meant to be. And we have all kind of problems in our society because we, we are trying to tame the heart of man. That's really what's going on. And it starts at the youngest ages. It starts in preschool. It starts in kindergarten. It starts in first, second, and third grade. We, we try to teach everybody the same. We try to teach everybody in these, you know, safe, calm, quiet, predictable, no one gets out of line, attention span, focus, um... And you know what? There is a measure of that that's good. We all need to learn discipline. We all need to to develop in those areas. There are some men that could use a good dose of that. They didn't get enough somehow or another. But at the same time, we're trained to be that way. And, you know, we get recess up until whatever, sixth grade, where we can go outside and and we can play ball for 25 minutes or whatever it is but you know that eventually gets taken away usually by the time you hit middle school and and all these things and you know by the time you get through high school and you get through college if you go that far you we come out and we are conditioned for the expectations of society and I'm going to be honest with you, the, it's not right. It's not all right. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Because the expectations of society are not necessarily the expectations that the Creator put on us. Not necessarily the way that we were made and formed and fashioned to live. It is... You know, we've we've got the path of least resistance. We have, you know, everybody is is calm and everybody is polite and and there's a way of doing things and, you know, that's that's those are skills that we need, but there also needs to be strength. 
There also needs to be fire. There also needs to be some zeal on the inside. There also needs to be some thirst for adventure. And that, I feel, gets just little by little, just pulled right out of us, sucked out of us. So many people graduating from school, what do you want to do with your life? I don't know. Graduate high school, they go to college as if it's 13th grade. And you know, I'm all for college. I spent a lot of time in college. I think college is a good thing if you use college for a way that's good for you. If you just go to go because that's the expectation of society and you have no plan, you have no desire, you have no direction for your life, it's not going to help you. It's just going to put you further behind. But we're not taught to sort those things out. We're not taught to look on the inside. We're not taught to follow after God, to, to discover the course of our life and the plan for our life. To discover the adventure and the direction that, that we're supposed to go in and, and what we're supposed to do. You know, that doesn't really happen so much anymore. So we have college and, and you know, you look at reports and numbers. We have education saturation. Yet we have never had so many lost young people who have no fire, no zeal, no purpose, no direction, no course. They're just just trying to meet the expectations placed on them so, so they can do whatever it is they want to do, so they can text girls, so they can play ball, so they can play more video games, um, and just just tune out and just keep on going and... and you know, try to do a little better. But there's something missing that we are not encouraging and stirring in youth and young people and children and even ourselves because we don't even know about it, which is the reason why I'm doing this episode is because we need to look on the inside. We need to, we need to look and we need to stir and fan that flame of adventure. And it's not just about hunting. But man, hunting is a great way to, 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 to breathe some air onto those embers. It's a great way to stoke that fire a little bit. It's a great way to, to get out, to get alone, to get in the, into the hills, into the mountains, into the woods, and, and have that time and look on the inside, to, to look deep down. To get away from distractions, from text messaging, from Facebook, from everything else. And all those things are fine in their place. But there are other things we need to be looking into and sorting out. Um, you know, I've got a bunch of stories I could tell, but I feel like I'd, I'd just ramble off in the left field. And we're already gone a little bit long here. But, you know, when it comes right down to it, we're meant for more than just plain, predictable lives. Every one of us, man, woman, child, we are meant for more than just plain, predictable, go through the motions, meet the expectations placed upon you, never buck the system. Uh, and you know what? It's just, it's not, it's not the right way. You know, when I was younger, I was... I wouldn't, I, I don't know that a rebel is the right word, but I was rebellious. 
And, you know, I just, I wouldn't just do what somebody said just because they said it. I was, I was going to kick the tires a little bit. I was going to think for myself. And, you know, when I came to God, I had to, I had to surrender that part of me a little bit. I, I, I realized that I was out of line. I was out of order. I needed, I needed some wisdom. I needed some humility. I needed to break down some of those things. But then the further I went, I realized, you know what? The, the, the adventure, strength, thinking for yourself, thinking outside the box, those things aren't bad, but there's a right way and there's a wrong way. There's doing it out of pride, which is what I had done as a young person. And then there's doing it as a leader. There's doing it out of as, as someone who is, has principles that are bigger than them has pursuit that's bigger than them has a calling that's bigger than them and you know you can do you can do a right thing for the wrong reasons and get wrong results but you can or excuse me you can do the right thing for the wrong reasons and get bad results but you could do the right thing for the right reasons and get different results so i remember when i was uh, oh maybe a sophomore in college we went into sociology class first day of the year Right, first day, we go, and it's probably 60 people maybe are in this class, something like that. Old building, chalkboards, was the oldest building on campus, right? So we go in, wooden desks, I mean old, and on the board it's written in big white chalk letters, sit on the floor, and I remember walking in and I saw, I don't know, 20, 30 people sitting on the floor. I looked over at my roommate. I looked back up at the chalkboard. I said, no chalkboard's telling me to sit on the floor. So me and him went. We sat down in desks. Everybody else came in. They looked at us sitting in the desk. They looked at the chalkboard. They looked at everybody else sitting on the floor. They went and sat on the floor. I'm sitting there. I'm like, who even wrote that? It could have been a janitor that wrote that. Could have been the first kid that walked in the door that wrote that. Could have been the last kid leaving the last class that wrote it. Could have been an intern. Could have been anybody. How do we know the teacher wrote that? We don't even know who the teacher is. And even if the teacher did write that, why should we, you know, who who are they? Tell us to sit on the floor. We pay good money to be here. (laughs) I mean, college is not cheap. And if there's a good reason for me to sit on the floor and I know it's coming from the teacher, then I will consider it based on those merits. But just because it was written on the board, I was like, oh, you know what? No board's telling me what to do. So we sat down. Every single other person pretty much sat on the floor. And of course, the teacher waits. This is an experiment they're doing, right? It's sociology class. They wait until, you know, the time that start class is there and everybody's in the room and then they walk in. And they begin this sort of prepared speech that they had about the power of suggestion and how some people, when faced with suggestion, they will just comply with the suggestion for no other reason than it was suggested. And then some people will rebel against the suggestion. And I raised my hand into the air and I just shouted, La Resistance! And, uh, you know, everybody laughed and I'm still not even sure why I did it. But the teacher was making a point that, 
you know, society trains us to think a certain way, to, to, to listen a certain way, to be trained to, to take suggestions a certain way, to process information a certain way, to, to just comply for the sake of complying, even when you don't even know who or why you're being asked to comply with. And actually, she, she was not painting me to be the bad guy. We were actually painted as the, the ones who were the free thinkers of the group. Although you could have thought real quick, like, okay, I've just gotten on the my teacher's bad side. But no, I actually became one of their favorite students. But the, 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 the point of it was, you know, the board suggested it. So almost everybody just complied and went with it. But there was something in me, even in those days, is like, you know what? Who is this nameless green piece of slate with chalk dust on it to tell me what to do? That's not a person. That's not an authority. That's nothing. And if there's a reason for me to, to do that, well, then we'll, we'll consider those reasons. But it was a different way of thinking. And at the time, it was based, I think, mostly on pride. And it got me in trouble a lot. But years later, after I had to surrender that pride and, and well, work on it anyway, still working on it, and, and sort of reached a point of just, you know, I, I had to break that down on the inside of me to get to a point of compliance for me to then get built back up and learn how to be a free thinker for the right reasons and based on the right things. And to say, you know what? Question society. Question suggestions. Question why are we doing what we do. Question why are we taught the way we're taught. Question things. Kick the tires on things. Don't just, don't just take what we're fed because we're fed it. Maybe it's right. Maybe it's good. Maybe it has merits. And let's look at those merits. But at the same time, Let's ju just live a certain way because that's the way everybody's living. Because I got news for you. A lot of the people living this way, they're hurting on the inside. They're missing things on the inside. They're, there are things that are lacking, that are broken, that are dead on the inside. And they will not find them going in that direction. Just trotting along with the masses in thought. It's just not going to happen. They're just, it just doesn't go that way. You know, hunting is a prime example. Hunting is not popular. It is not something that's viewed as mainstream anymore. There was a day it was. And in that day, I think, arguably, people were happier people. People were more fulfilled people. Um, but today, it is, it is kind of countercultural. Especially if you get close to a city, any city, it, it can become something that's, you know, an alternative hobby. It, it's a, it can be seen as a weird thing. But, you know, even from the beginning, I was like, you know what, I, I couldn't care less about that. But at the same time, we need to, mm, I'm trying to get at something without taking too long to do it. But at the same time, we need to look at these things and say, you know what? What's really going on here? What are the merits for and against hunting? 
You know, why, why people who are anti-hunting, why are they anti-hunting? What's their list of reasons? And most of them are nothing. They evaporate under scrutiny. There's nothing to them whatsoever. They literally are fabricated imaginations built on emotions. They just dissolve. Well, it's wrong to kill animals. You eat animals every day. They're dead. You know, just it's, it's complete folly. Every now and then you might get an objection that, that's got, you know, maybe some grounds to it. Maybe, maybe something to consider or weigh. There's some logic to it. it it's, it's more than that. But for the most part, you know, when people taught, when, when people who oppose hunting or when they think it's an odd thing or, or a deviant behavior, you examine those reasons. And what I've found is this. When reasons like that are, are put up, there's an emptiness on the inside of that person. When people throw out reasons that are empty and hollow and evaporate instantaneously, it's because there's an emptiness on the inside and they're blind to it. They're missing something on the inside. There's a hurting on the inside. There's a, there's a hollow place on the inside. An unfulfillment on the inside. And what they're doing is they're grasping at emotions because there's not something firm to build on. You know, when you go and try to criticize something you know nothing about with reasons that don't even make sense just because that's how you feel, you're not a healthy person emotionally. You're not. You're, and it's not that you're a bad person, but you, you, you're, you were deficient in some vitamins of the soul, of some minerals of the soul, of some meat of the soul. There's things on the inside that are, that are in bad shape and, and you don't see it. Of course, most people don't see it, but there's, and that's one of the best things about hunting and getting into the woods. It's real. You get out that you're touching real things. It's tangible. You 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 you've got trees. You got dirt. You got leaves. You got wind. You got animals. They're real. They don't abide by anybody's opinions. They don't abide by anybody's political positions. Deer, turkey, pheasants. They don't play by anybody's rules. You think you got them figured out until the day you go out to try to finally get one. And all of a sudden, it all changes. And you don't need, you, you can't figure out why. It's because it's real. It's not based on feelings. It's not based on emotions. It's not based on opinions and politics and predictability and odds. It is the real thing. You know, fishing can be the same way. There's just something real about it. There's something that just cuts through all the noise and clutter of the news and politics and all those things, you just getting down to something real. And, and there's something that's healthy about that. Something that changes your perspective about that. Something that puts something on the inside of your soul when you're looking at and focused on and getting in tune with things that are real as opposed to things that are opinions and imaginations and fictions and most of the world that we live in. It's all, it's, 
it's focused on someone's position or, or entertainment or something, just things that aren't real, and they teach us to think in ways that aren't real. You know, being in the woods, looking at animals, watching turkeys walk by, you know, I learn about God in some of those moments. Because He made this stuff. There are elements and attributes of Him that are in it. He made this stuff. He made these trees. He made these animals. He, you know, turkeys. I've sat in the woods all morning making turkey noises, being so still. I mean, so razor focused some days, not every day, but some days waiting for a gobbler to walk by, looking dead ahead at a turkey decoy that I had stashed out there. Which, of course, I don't shouldn't even been using. But I didn't know enough in that day that noted in that position it wasn't a good thing to use. But that's another episode that I did. You can go back and listen to it. I remember focusing, just staring straight ahead, motionless, in a wide open space, right next to my decoy. They're just, I mean, it just like it just appeared out of thin air. Just out of the vapor of the morning, there's a hen turkey standing next to my hen decoy. Just walks right up to it, just walks right on by, the slowest pace, did not make a sound, didn't make a noise, I mean appeared out of thin air and vanished just the same, I'm, if I hadn't been staring right at it, I might not, I would not have seen it, and I almost didn't see it with my eyes staring right at it. If it had not appeared within that three square foot area, there's probably no chance I would have even known it was there. And it came and it was there and it was gone. And who knows where it had been or where a hundred more were like it. But it was just unbelievable. The stealth and the savvy and the wariness and the, and the, the just, it just like, it just glided through the woods. Just in absolute silence and stealth. God's like that. Some of the ways that he works, he's like that. You can be you can be looking all around. You don't see him, but he's right there. And in that moment when you're focused, when you're looking straight at it, you just catch a glimpse of him at work. And, you, and I mean, oh, there's just something real about it. It just puts something on the inside of you. The the soul of a hunter is a soul that is on an adventure that is finding fulfillment, finding strength, finding peace in the creation and on the adventure. They're finding something on the inside that was always meant to be there. And, you know, looking way back at the beginning, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but, you know, God was leading me, I believe, into hunting. In order to, to form some things in me, to teach me some things, to, to, to help me grow in some things in some areas, to find something, some things that were missing on the inside. Because he knew that for me at least, that pursuit would accomplish it. For other people, I'm sure, like I said, it could be any one of a thousand things. But there was that adventure. There was that pursuit. There was that reality there was there was that 
just getting into creation. What was made by the creator teaches you about him. Just it it can if you open your eyes to it. And you know, that was something that he was he was you know, just good and 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 kind and faithful to me to just help me just lead me by the hand into that direction <clears throat> to help me to see these things and understand these things. So that years later, now today, I can be here telling you about them and and and, and maybe helping you get a little further along than, than I was and, and make some progress a little faster than I was and and help share this and and get this into the hands of other people, especially younger people. You know, it, it, there's just the the soul of a hunter is a soul that has found a a measure of its peace and fulfillment in the adventure that that we need and that we crave in this life and in this world. And it's God ordained, I believe. Now, like I said, we can abuse it and we can we can use it for harm instead of good. We can overdo it. But I believe it's something that in many people's lives, in many more people's lives than are doing it, it is a, a God-ordained thing. I did a, I did a message a few weeks back, well, maybe more than a few at this point, uh, about is hunting biblical? And we went through the scriptures and we looked at, you know, what is, what is really said about it? What are the you know what's what's the position what's the charge and of course just the fact that I'm still doing this the answer was obviously yes and it was more than that there were things to gain from it there were things that we were almost commanded to do that 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 are come to pass through that pursuit but um you know I could probably ramble a little more, but I think that's, I think we've covered it. You know, I appreciate you guys for listening. Episode 100, shout out to every state and every country that is tuned in. Uh, you guys head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Leave me some feedback. If you have listened to this episode, drop me a note. I mean, just go to the website, drop me a note. Tell me something about what you thought, what it meant to you, what you can do with this someone you could share it with just to just to let me know you're listening maybe give me some insight i can put into a future episode you know subscribe to this podcast um you know it, we're on itunes we're on um google podcasts we're everywhere everywhere i could find you could put a podcast we're there and if you know somewhere we're not there let me know we'll get there subscribe and get on board and you know go back through the archives there is good stuff here and I mean, I go back and listen to some of this stuff and I think, wow, you know, where did I come up with that? I mean, it's, I think it's more than just me. I really do. I, I think it's more than just me. You know, go back, listen to some of this stuff, all the different types of episodes, all the different kinds of hunting, all the different tips that are in between seasons and things like that. You know, just like this episode is 100 episodes. Of course, not all of them are going to appeal to you, but look back, find the ones that do. Put them on your list of things to listen to. Download them. Put them in, in the queue. Um, you know, I appreciate you guys. God bless you. Thankful for you. Till next time, go get them in the woods. Mm-hmm.